Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely pretty eyes. Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stan. And you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed, and you're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mr. Scary. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 162 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. And before we get to this week's guest, Nita Strauss, I want to remind you about everything you'll find at mistresscarrie.com. Not only will you find every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, but you'll also find every episode of my video show, Cocktails in the War Room. There's a concert calendar with all of the shows coming to New England. You'll find my photo gallery and my blog, and you can shop in the online Mistress Carrie store. You can even click the message the studio button and let me know what you think about this week's episode. Find all that and more at mistresscarrie.com. This is Nita Strauss's second time on the Mistress Carrie podcast. She first appeared on episode 79, and now on episode 162, the album The Call of the Void that she was working on the first time is now out. The album features artists like David Draymond from Disturbed, Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm, Chris Motionless from Motionless in White, Dorothy, Lilith Czar, and so many others. Matter of fact, her first single, Dead Inside with David Draymond, became her first number one rock song. And the new single, Victorious with Dorothy, is climbing the charts as we speak. Nita and I talked just a few days before the album came out. And at the album release party at the Whiskey A Go-Go in West Hollywood, her drummer and boyfriend Josh, in front of everybody, got down on one knee and proposed. 
which is crazy because in this episode of the podcast, we talked a lot about her Super Bowl ring from the LA Chargers and how when she wore it to a restaurant with Josh, people thought he proposed. And she actually was talking about what it would be like if Josh proposed. And then just a few days later, he actually did. So congratulations to Nita and Josh because she said yes and they are engaged. Nita and I talked about all of the different collaborations on the album and the writing process behind all of those songs. We also talked about her continuous touring and her need for a day sheet. We also talked about some travel hacks and the tour bus, working with Alice Cooper, and the difference between him being on her album and her being on his upcoming album, Road. We also talked about her recovering from meniscus surgery and her idea of a dream vacation and her bucket list gig destination. Nita Strauss is an absolute badass guitar player and this new album, The Call of the Void, is unbelievable. So allow me to introduce you once again to Nita Strauss. Lovely Nita, Mita Maid. Oh my God, I'm so glad to see you. What's up, Nita Strauss? Me too. Thank you so much for having me on. Coming to you live from the beautiful tour bus back lounge. Last time I talked to you on the show, I've seen you multiple times since then, but the first time you came on the podcast was in December of 2021. It was way back on episode 79, and you were on the bus as well. Do you ever leave the bus? It doesn't feel like it. (laughs) Honestly, it it really doesn't seem like I ever do. I just sort of exist from, from bus to bus. It's a lot more quiet. The last time you and I talked, the bus was running and you were like somewhere right backstage and they were doing sound check for somebody else. And it was so loud. And you were like, is this how loud we are too? (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Yes. So thankfully I have you earlier in the day today. We are in a, I'll show you peaceful parking lot here in uh, Angola, Indiana. Very glamorous indeed. And uh, yeah, it's it's nice and quiet. For I'm once. impressed you know where you are. I always have to ask musicians, where are you? And sometimes they got to take a minute because they don't know. Oh, I have a I have a day sheet right in front of me. If I didn't just glance at it, I wouldn't have known either. <laughs> One of the things that's so funny about, um, you know, the clash of of this industry versus others. Your significant other also works in the industry. Mine does not. We were all hanging out in Vegas and my husband with his military mind loves the concept of the day sheet. He's been backstage at a ton of shows now and seen how organized your tour manager has to be. And he's like, what is that? I'm like, oh, that's the day sheet. And he in love with the day sheet. Oh, the day sheet is king. Actually, we have a new tour manager on this tour who did not do day sheets on his previous tour. And it was like, when I tell you this was a point of contention on the bus, you know, if it wasn't up when, because I'm always the first one up in the morning and like, yes, I realized I could look in my phone and look for the information, but like, we are just used to having it right there all the time. And like, when I'm telling you this was a source of real tension on the bus, like we are a band that likes our mf day sheets you know and uh we and now we have it and all is right with the world i'm looking at it right now i could tell you everything about today's show i can tell you how far away the starbucks is i can tell you how far away the gym is i can tell you how far our drive is tonight the day sheet is king for anybody that doesn't really understand the day sheet it's basically 
the next 24 hours of your life with the schedule and all the conveniences printed out and put all over the place. So whether you're caffeinated or not, you have an idea of what's going on in your life. I would love someone every day to make a day sheet for me. Oh, I know. It's it's funny because when you, I'm off the road, I'm like, what the hell do I need to do today? Like, who is going to tell me where everything is, where to find food? And uh, actually, I make my boyfriend a day sheet when he travels. It's like one of the little girlfriendy things that I do for him. Like if he's because uh, my boyfriend is hyper, hyper organized when it comes to some things and very disorganized when it comes to other things. And travel is one of those things that he just is not super good at. And so I will make him his own day sheet where I say, this is your flight number. You have to leave the house at this time. It's going to take you 40 minutes to get there by Uber. You go to this terminal, like, you know, your passport is in this pocket. Your first flight is this long. Your second flight is that long. Your layover is this long. This is the name of the hotel when you get there, like just all the day sheet stuff. And uh, I I wish, you know, I want now I want him to do it for me on my free time. Well, listen, first of all, I just caught you in a lie because you said when I'm not on the road and you're always on the road. Yes, I do. I I am most of the time on the road, but you know, I I do have a week or two here and there when I'm free. And during those weeks, I I am adrift, Carrie. I'm a I'm a ship without a captain. I don't know what I'm doing, where I'm going. I don't know what time I got to go to the gym or if I got to go to the grocery store. Yeah, I I need a, a tour manager for my life. Rock bands are the best traveled people I know. They always have great travel hacks. There's a lot of reports in the news about a shortage of baggage handlers and a lot of musicians are putting air tags in their instruments. Do you, do you have some travel hacks for non rock stars that might help ease their traveling a little bit? Cause you guys know all the tricks. Yeah, I, I do have all the tricks. I'm just thinking of what would be useful for people that aren't touring. Um, always bring extra chargers for everything, extra phone chargers, watch chargers, Apple watch, you know, AirPods laptop like whatever you need because if you don't lose yours somebody around you will lose theirs and uh it is such a ripoff to try to go and buy one you know you buy the cheapest flimsiest one you know at a gas station and it's quadruple the price or god forbid at an airport so just always have like a pack of extra like lightning cables and little bricks and things like that because that that saves you a lot of heartache in the long run I learned a trick at jury duty that I also use at the airport because it's like you're held captive with strangers. It's the same thing, jury duty and being at the airport. And I got a travel power strip. You'd be amazed how many friends you can make when you can share an oh, yes. outlet. Oh, yes. We have um, we all have them in our bunks, you know, because in the, the bunk in the tour bus, you just have the one outlet. So if you look at our bunk alley, you'll see like several, whether it's like a little quad, you know, square that plugs in or a little power strip that lays on the mattress next to you. We, we definitely take advantage of that one as well. I had not thought about using it at an airport. Some of the newer terminals in the newer airports, they have a lot more plugs in all the seats and all of that yeah. stuff. But you can go to places and you can always tell the people because they're scanning for the outlets. And then it's like a race to get the seat next to the pole that's got the outlet on it. And when you bust out the power strip, you make friends. I've gotten free snacks at jury duty because I had because I had the power strip. Oh, that's amazing. What a great idea. I do have one and I will definitely be busting that out at the airport. Yeah, for sure. Well, I feel like so much travel, so much has happened since the last time I talked to you. When you were on the show last, you were working on the record, which was not done. 
but mm-hmm. we had heard and knew about the David Draymond collaboration. That's right. Yes. Um, first number one song for you. Congratulations. Thank you so much. And when you and I talked, you were giving me hints. You wouldn't give me other names, but you were giving me hints about a lot of the other collaborations on the record. Then we get the details that it's 22 tracks. You stayed true to your word that you were going to have instrumental tracks on there. But between you and Dolly Parton, you've got literally every rock star making a cameo appearance on your album. <laughs> yes, we went we went big. I mean, calling it 22 tracks maybe not is not quite fair because, you know, a lot of those tracks are the instrumental versions of the vocal songs. So it's not necessarily a new song. Uh, but yeah, we went big with the guests. We got, I mean, some of my absolute wish list performances, you know, whether it's David Draymond, Lizzie Hale, my boss, Alice Cooper, you know, Chris Motionless, the incredible Dorothy. I mean, we we just we went for it and it's it's turned out so well. How quickly did all of them say yes? Because I feel like it would literally be a five second call. Hey, do you want to? Yes. Was it like yeah, that with everybody? It was- It was pretty much like that. The only times that it wasn't like that was uh, when it was a schedule issue. You know, like, for example, Lizzie was one that had a schedule conflict initially. And actually, we weren't sure that we were going to be able to get her at all for the record. But we we got a bit lucky with my record being so delayed and uh, we were able to get her after all. So the, the only pushback that we got whatsoever was just little scheduling things. She seems like she's one of the most in-demand vocalists in rock right now. And you and I spent a lot of time the last time you were on the show talking about this resurgence of of rock, this whole new generation of women in rock. And so to see someone like Lizzie, whose schedule is so full, to see you get your first number one song and then to come out with this album with all of these people on it, that conversation you and I had about women in rock it's only gotten more explosive since we talked last. Oh, yeah. I mean, we have a song called Victorious that just came out a couple of weeks ago. And in two weeks at Rock Radio, we are at number 28 on the, the top of the charts. I mean, this is crazy. It, it is going way faster than Dead Inside did. So uh, we can only hope and pray, you know, cross our fingers to uh, have lightning strike twice, get two number ones before the record's even out. I will tell you that uh, a few months ago, Dorothy played a show here and I got to see her and she kept your secret because I was drilling her for information on stuff, just what she was doing. And she was like, there's some really big stuff coming, but I can't tell you. So I just want to let you know that the girl code was kept. Dorothy kept your secret before the song came out because I tried and she wouldn't get it out. (laughs) She is such a pro. I, I just adore her with all my heart i i was so privileged to get a chance to work with her she is a a powerhouse of a vocalist and a human being i I just i love her in every way her voice it's like it's plugged into a generator like she gets a perfect way to say it it's like it's in her marrow like it comes out of a place she's too small of a human to be able to muster that much power in her voice it's insane Oh, absolutely. She's she's one of a kind, for sure. I talked to David Draymond after I talked to you and after the song, obviously, had climbed to number one and talked to him about the collaborative process and how 
these are really your songs and you're bringing people in to kind of add the voice, obviously, but but that a lot of these songs are coming from you, which I think a lot of people might think that when you're bringing in a vocalist that it's their song that you're just playing guitar on. So can you talk to me about how much of these songs are are all you and then what some of these artists added for the spice? Yeah, it was a, a bit of a mix of, of all levels of participation. Um, there were some guests that we really delivered them a, a fairly finished song and they they took it and sang it and put their spin on it. Um, there were some we sort of met in the middle where he said, here's the song, here's the concept. Um, Alisa with the Wolfie Feet is a good example of this one where he said, here's the song, why don't you write the verses, the verse lyrics, so you have like your stamp in there as well. Um, you know, we had sort of had the the melody and the chorus and everything written and we sort of collaborated on the verses. Uh, Lilith Sar was the same way. And then uh, for a couple of people, David Jenner being one of them, uh, Anders Frieden from In Flames was another that we sent them the music and they sent back a finished product of like, this is what it's going to be. And it was just both times. It absolutely blew me away. Like I couldn't have done it even close to as well as they did it. You know, no one can write a David Draymond vocal like David Draymond, you know? So uh, it was all the different ways were good. I don't feel like there was one way I enjoyed more than the others. Um, I think the record turned out exactly as it should have. You're talking about powerful female voices. Lilith Czar, no slouch either. Lilith Czar, an absolutely incredible vocalist. I've been a fan of hers for such a long time, you know, sort of even before her resurgence as the Lilith Czar character, I thought her as Juliet was so powerful and to see her sort of reborn into this very authentic self of hers, it's just, it was beautiful to witness as a fan. And then uh, she was one of the ones I actually got to be in the room when she was recording her vocals. And even just her ad-libs, like just playing around with, you know, different different runs, different things in the song, uh, we, we wound up actually using one of them for the end of the song. So when you hear this one, uh, when you hear the end of the song, that was just her screwing around, sort of warming up, having fun in the room. And I was like, hey, what was that? You know, do that again. And like, let's record that. Like, And, and we made that the, the tale of the song, the very end of the song. So being there in the room, you never know what magic will happen. It comes up a lot on the show when I'm talking to artists about the collaborative process, their relationship with their producers, the concept of trust. And the trust and and the ego that you kind of have to let go aside to be able to spout out the 99 bad ideas and not be judged for them before you get to the 100th uh, good idea. Yeah. So can you talk to me about the trust that that you have to have writing these songs before the other artists come in, these outside artists, and then... And then the negotiation in the studio of the encouraging these other artists to make these songs their own. Because I'm assuming it's a little intimidating for them not to upset you because these are your songs. You know, to be honest with you, like, I, I think what you're saying makes sense. But that wasn't really my experience. Like, everybody was so easy to work with, you know, and... I, David and uh, Lilith were the only ones I got to be there in the studio for. Everybody else was remote. You know, Alice sent me his parts from Phoenix. Anders sent me his parts from Gothenburg, Sweden. Lilith sent me her parts 
from Nashville. Dorothy and I lived nearby each other, but I was on the road, you know, and uh, I didn't have any notes. I didn't have any corrections for anybody. I wasn't like, hey, can you go back and re-sing this? I think it could have been a little better. Like everybody gave me their best, you know, like I felt like I set the pins up and they knocked them down. It was a strike every single time. There was not one person that I thought like, eh, they kind of phoned it in or they could have, they couldn't give me something better. Like everybody gave me their best. And I, I'm so grateful. A lot has happened since you were on the show last when you were just hinting about this record. Um, you made huge news when you left Alice to go tour with Demi. Is it Demi? Demi? What's proper? You, you know her. What's, what's the right way? Demi, yeah. Demi, okay. Um, and then you make huge news again when you go back to Alice. You announce the record, and not only is your record got him on it, but you're on his. Yes. A lot yes. of people very, thought very that exciting. you and Alice had broken up, quote unquote, when you left the band <laughs> the first time. Isn't that funny how people that don't know anything about a situation will start giving uh, these unequivocal uh, statements about it as if they do know? Yeah, of course. Everybody's an expert on everyone else's lives. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I, I feel like it, it was a, a really unique situation that happened, sort of the perfect storm of maybe nothing else going on in the in the news cycle that week and, you know, people wanting to be outraged about things. But uh, we all, you know, myself in the Alice camp, myself in the Demi camp, myself and my solo band, everybody, like we have all had a really good understanding of everything that was going on the whole time. Uh, nobody was surprised in any way, shape or form. Nobody was blindsided. Conversations were had every step of the way. Um, everything was very, very amiable, totally 100% of the time across the board. And uh, I was just texting with Demi later uh, yesterday. We're going to be working on some stuff together, hopefully in the near future definitely looking forward to getting back on stage with her. I actually just played with her in New Jersey at the Stone Pony uh, last week. I don't even know what day it is, but just within the last week. It's on the day um, sheet, Nita! <laughs> exactly. Well, today is <laughs> Friday. But other than today, I, I don't have yesterday's day sheet anymore. <laughs> um, so, you know, I'll, I'll be working with Demi again in the future. I'm, I'm sure I've got some Alice Cooper touring coming up later in the year. Of course, the road record is coming out in August. Um, so everybody's pals, everybody's annual. Alice and Demi actually got together and did some writing together uh, just a few months ago. So worlds have collided. It's all love, no drama. One of the documentaries that I binged in the early days of the pandemic was the doc that Alice was in that was called Hired Guns. And he, oh, yes. he was very open in talking about how he wants the best musicians in his band and how he always encourages you guys to go out and work on projects that better yourself. So I was one of the people that didn't fall for the whole Nita and Alice broke up because I watched that doc and how he encourages you guys to spread your wings and do other things besides be with him. Oh, exactly. You know, and you look back at Eric Singer doing double duty in Alice and Kiss, you know, Chuck Garrick, our current bass player, who misses a lot of shows, you know, big parts of tours frequently to tour with his band Bisto Blanco. Um, uh, again, I'm not I'm not too put out by it. I think it was maybe a slow news cycle, you know, a year ago when this all went down. And um, it certainly hasn't affected my day to day life in the slightest. You know, I'm, I'm doing great shows on my tour, doing great shows with Demi, great shows with Alice. Uh 
and again, it's uh, the drama on the internet doesn't necessarily translate into real life. What's going on out here in the world? Talk to me about the difference between you being on Alice's record and Alice being on your record. How does how did that collaborative process differ depending on which record it was going on? Definitely for Alice being on my song, um, you know, so that was a co-write with Tommy Henriksen, who also wrote Victorious for the upcoming for this new record. And uh, Tommy and I really wanted to craft a, an easy vehicle for Alice. You know, we didn't want to reinvent the wheel. We didn't want him to, uh, you know, do anything that he was out of his wheelhouse or anything that, you know, was uncomfortable for him. You know, so we crafted this this piece of music that was a, a fun and easy song for him to sing. And then for the upcoming Alice record, it was almost it was the same thing, but the opposite. You know, we wanted we wanted to do the same thing where we're like we're making Alice Cooper songs for Alice Cooper to sing. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not trying to make a song, you know, like Dead Inside or, you know, Victorious or you know, one of these songs for Alice, like we want to make Alice Cooper songs. So whatever we're doing is really just to to serve the greater Alice Cooper good. Alice Cooper is setting a bar that's almost unattainable for anyone. A 29th album. <laughs> You're just shaking your head like I can't. I can't. I've I've been doing this, you know, I think by the time he was my age, he was probably already at like number 12 or 15. Like I'm about to release number two. There's there's no chance of catching up. I find it hard to believe that someone with that much of a music career could like name every album title or every song he's ever written. You've got now two records, right? And I'm sure if I sat you down and forced you, you could name every song title. But just with two albums, it would be a struggle. It would, for sure. Um, I will say that Alice, although I'm sure he could maybe could name every single one, he has an encyclopedic knowledge of his music. You know, like when we throw out song ideas for the set list, you know, we we called an audible for this last tour with a song called Snakebite. And uh, Alice, I said, you know, Hi, what about doing Snakebite? And he started singing it immediately. All the words, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, you know, there was no hesitation. He's like, yeah, that's a great song. You know, first you want to kiss, then you want to say dirty little things. Yeah, you see now why I don't sing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like he uh, he had it, you know, uh, and that's more than you can say for most guys his age. Last time you and I talked, I, I challenged you um, to go to Alice's house and steal one of the Muppets that the Henson Company sends to him. Have you succeeded in your mission, Nita? I don't even know if I've been to Alice's house since <laughs> that. Uh, he he lives in Phoenix, and we never play there, actually. So I don't even think I've been to his place. <laughs> I've been his place in, in years. When I saw you in Vegas last, which was great, it was weird that, like, it was like a couples thing. We were all hanging out as couples, and my husband was sitting there like, Hi. <laughs> like, will you stop looking at her that way? But you were still limping. Oh, yes. How's the how's the leg feeling now? Because you've got a very busy year now. So how are you healing from the surgery? Yes, um, I'm about I had uh, meniscus repair done at the end of last year. Now we are about five months removed from the surgery. And I would say I'm about 90 percent. Um, <clears throat> I still can't 
do uh, like sort of any spin type of motion. I can't, you know, put my plant my foot and rotate on that leg. And uh, I can't do any big, big jumps, um, you know, jumping off of cabs or anything like that. And I still have a bit of trouble going downstairs. I can go upstairs just fine, but going downstairs is a, a gives me a bit of trouble. But nothing that's noticeable on stage. You know, there's not been anybody coming to shows going, wow, she was a lot different before the surgery, which is really what I was hoping for. And the prognosis is good. You're going to get there. It's just you're you're an athlete in recovery. Yes, exactly. Uh, speaking of sports, before I have to let you go, um, you got a, a, a Super Bowl ring, right? Do you do you? Yeah. It, are you wearing it? Where do you keep it? What's up? If I had one, I'd never take it off. Tour bus. <laughs> no, it's the most expensive thing I'll probably ever own. I definitely <laughs> would not keep it on the bus. <laughs> no, it's a, it's actually at home. It's it's in our home studio currently. Um, we just had the team from Guitar Center filming over there right before we left for this tour. So, uh, it, and the studio is the most secure room in the house. You know, we've got two doors, both double bolted. So, safe and sound, sitting right next to all my guitars and my console. And you just look at it when you're in there and you're like, hello, lover. I just look at it. <laughs> yes. It uh, it came in a beautiful box with a, and it rotates and it's got little lights in there. So sometimes I just turn off the lights in the studio and I look at it. <laughs> Which is exactly what any of us would do. And it's so funny whenever, 100%. like here in Boston, obviously, we've had a nice run of 20 years. We had a lot of championship parades. And so it's pretty often that you can bump into someone that's got a ring and people get like giddy when they get in the presence of a championship ring. It's like, can I, can I touch that? Can I, can I hold it? It's true. I I have found that to be the case and it's heavy. Yeah. And especially like when you've got non-football player hands. Oh, it looks, it it looks ridiculous on me. That's what I was getting to. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely couldn't wear it to do like a day to day, like a daily life. You know, I couldn't wear it to the mall or, you know, the the grocery store. It would look insane. You've got to work on some kind of slide solo with it though, that you could play on the field. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. But you know, I literally carry it so heavy. I don't know that I could play fast with it on. Like I'm not trying to brag, but like it really is so heavy um, that I I don't see how I could do it. I don't see how I could do a thing. I, uh, I went out to dinner the day we got it. Uh, Josh and I went out to dinner and he's like, wear the ring. I was like, absolutely not. He's like, wear the ring. And uh, then he told our server at the restaurant, he's like, you know, you want to see something cool? He's like, show her the ring. And I pulled out the ring and she was so sweet. She's like, oh, did you propose? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm fucking super like, you know, the thing is, the thing is this big on my hand. You know, it's it's a full inch and a half in diameter, you know, and I was dying laughing. I'm like, no, it's on Super Bowl. Right? She, and then she didn't understand what was happening at all. Poor thing. She's like, OK, well, good for you. No, she wouldn't. Why would why would this random girl? sitting at the table have that so there was there was a lot of confusion after that but it was very funny Nita Strauss you are far from a random girl first of all and second of all (laughs) I feel bad for him when he does decide to propose because he's got to compete with that oh no when he decides to propose it will be my favorite piece of jewelry and I will never take it off he is stuck with me just showing it shoving it in his face forever because uh, I'll be very happy when that day comes
So the record comes out. Alice's record is out in August. You were talking about, you know, working with Demi on some stuff, touring with Alice. It sounds like the rest of 2023 is already booked for you and you're already looking at 2024 now, right? Yes, I am officially, my books are closed for 23. I am officially unavailable for anything else until 24, which is a good feeling to have. Are you planning on taking any time off or are you just going to get in the bus in 2024? What What's next year? What's What's your thought behind what it, you, what it is that you want to do? Anything new? Yeah, you know, um, there's still so much I need to do with the solo project. You know, we've never been outside North America with my solo band. So, you know, we're doing... Uh, a North American tour now. We've got another tour that's going to be announced uh, towards the end of the year. Uh, and then I think it'll be time to to expand, you know, take the band overseas, maybe go to Europe, South America, Australia, um, and uh, keep it going, keep the momentum going. You know, the record will be just be six months old at the beginning of 24. So we'll still be well in the, the thick of the album cycle and ready to keep driving forward. Do you have a dream destination of a place that you... A, would love to play shows, and B, a place that you would just like to go if you ever allowed yourself to take a vacation. Do they do any metal shows in like Bora Bora or Tahiti? Because that would be an excellent way for me to kill two birds with one stone. I mean, you could get one of those overwater cottages and bring an amp with you, and then it just becomes a concert. You you could do that. And just do it. Yeah. So actually, I've been thinking about doing that uh, somewhere else because I have played on every continent except Antarctica. And I need to collect all seven before I ride off into the sunset. So if nobody books me for a gig in Antarctica, I'm definitely going to have to just go and like bring a guitar to a research station or something and do a gig for some penguins. I have an idea of you with ratchet straps strapping your amps down on a dog sled. A hundred percent. Yes. Yeah, I can totally see that. Balto. <laughs> it was so good. Mush. To see- <laughs> Mush. It was so good to see you. Congratulations on the record. I know we're going to be seeing you out on the road a lot. And it's so great to see all of the things you and I talked about, like well over a year and a half ago, have all come out exactly how you planned. And that's badass. So congratulations. That's a great feeling. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me back on. You got it. I'll see you soon. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. There she is once again, the one and only Nita Strauss. The new album, The Call of the Void, is available everywhere. And a lot of the songs from the album are on the corresponding playlist for this episode of the podcast, which you'll find linked in the show notes. I make a corresponding playlist for every full-length episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast that features all of my guest music and all of the songs and artists that we referenced in the interview. You'll also find Nita's first appearance on the podcast on episode 79, and you'll find all of Nita Strauss's social media links and website links, and you'll find all the Mistress Carrie links as well. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to like, follow, and subscribe to the Mistress Carrie podcast. New full-length episodes come out every Wednesday, plus every weekday, you get a rundown of all of the rock news, music headlines, and entertainment updates in the sit rep, and it's all around five minutes long. Plus, you never know when we're going to release a bonus episode. You can join me live every Tuesday night at 8.30 Eastern on my official Facebook page, from my video show, Cocktails in the War Room. And of course, you can always find me on the radio. 
Find the details on all that and more at mistresscarry.com. The Mistress Carrie Podcast, a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.